Good morning, everybody. I believe in a spirit that moves in his people. I believe he can use anybody who's with me. I think the Lord doesn't need a perfect person. He doesn't need a degreed person. He can use any one of us at any time. Who believes in that? Who understands the gifts of the Spirit, what God's able to do with his giftings, that no other man, no man can do without him? And when God uses his gifts, he encourages one another. I, I believe that God has something for each one of us. I believe that everybody here in this place has a part of the kingdom work. How about you? How many people believe that they can be a part of that? And what I love today is this. I was praying all week, and I was praying for the message today and what God wanted me to share. And all through the week, things would come to me, and it would be things that I needed to learn in. And then I thought, Lord, is this something I need to share today? And he said to me in my heart, that, that, that's not it. And I, all through the week, and I remember my wife last night comes to me, and I'm at home with my head down when she comes home, and she asked me, honey, what is, what's the matter? I said, I've got nothing to share tomorrow. I mean, I have been praying, and I have been learning myself what the Lord has for me, but it wasn't anything that he wanted me to share with you. So, and I'm like, honey, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. And of course, my wife, being a loving woman, looks at me, and she starts to tell me some things that she's learning through the week and trying to give me some encouragement, like, it's okay, Jim. It's going to be okay. God is so faithful, and what he, he can use anybody at any time. And what he dropped in my spirit before, uh, before bed, everybody's else in bed, and I'm thinking, Lord. And then he, he brought this into my spirit. He says, tomorrow you're going to take communion together. And I said, okay, we can do that. I've, we've got everything ready for you here. I've got some special bread that I'm going to break today. Do you know it does not matter what bread you break? It doesn't matter what grape juice or things that you serve. It doesn't. That is not what the Bible's talking about. So I can get you a piece of bread out here today that we had at Salvador's last night. Does anybody like bread when it's served to you at the table and it just came out of the oven? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you smell that and it smells so good. And some of you have been away from bread for a while. I know a few of you are not saying yes to bread. And I feel sorry for you because when they send it out to you and it's looking good and you smell it, and then you can put some butter on there, stir some milk inside there, and it's slurping all over your mouth and you're eating on it. And when it, you break that bread, it just got such an awesome smell. How many people are hungry in here today? No, you are now. You wait till you smell this. Ah. See, they didn't have a large menu back then. They made bread very good. I am sure that when they broke bread, it was good bread. Maybe as good as Salvador's. But what I'm going to tell you today is this. The Lord told me that there's a very important word that all of us need to learn today. And we've already started learning today as we were sharing, as people came up and shared. The Lord said that word is fellowship. Now, I don't know about you, that word is an old-fashioned word. And we think hanging out together and friends and family getting together is kind of like fellowship. It's not. This word is a very special word. And what the Lord was trying to tell me last night is 
it's vital for us as Christians. It is absolutely vital. And I don't think we have it all together. See, our Sunday mornings, we get together and we have music and everybody gathers and, and we have a good time together. And it's like a fellowship. It's part of fellowship. And so what I wanted to do today is this. Acts 2.42 says this, And they continually devoted themselves to the apostle teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to what? Prayer. Four facets that are absolutely crucial in every person's life that knows Jesus. And what he's doing in this moment is he's saying, Fellowship is one of those things that I consider to be grouped with teaching God's word, grouped with prayer, and grouped with breaking of bread. It's the communion that we talk about that Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. This is my body that I've broken for you. Take it and know what I have done. It's a reflection time. And what is cool about that fellowship is in the middle of that. And so I think fellowship is much more intense than any of us ever understand because it's grouped with things that are absolutely crucial. Prayer, the teaching of God's word, and the communion. And so fellowship is not hanging out. It's much more intense and important to us. And so what I'd like to do today is this. We're going to have communion because the Lord said to have communion today. But we're not going to take it like we normally do. You know, has anybody been in, in circles where communion was, was distributed and, and you took the bread and you, you drank the wine and you really weren't... You, did it ever get to a place that you did it just to do it? it? was for me. There was a time that we did it just to do it. And it's not that I didn't love, didn't love Jesus. It's not that I didn't understand the Father and, and all those. But we just made it a, a routine. And so we break bread and you pop it in your mouth and you take the drink. And you, you, know you're doing the, you just know you're doing the right thing. Has anybody ever done that? See, I don't know about you. The last thing that Jesus did before he went to the cross was show his disciples something. And he chose a 12 group of men that he had spent three years with. He says, I'm going to demonstrate something for you today that it's going to be the most important moment. Do you don't think that Jesus, the last moment he has with disciples and the last thing he's going to teach them is the most important? It's like came in, bringing everything together. All the miracles he's ever done, he's going to bring it all together into a room and he's going to say, before I go to Gethsemane, before I go to the cross, this is what I'm going to demonstrate. This moment of fellowship. And so what Jesus does, he gathers them all together. And we know, and in, in, it talks about it in the Gospels, right? It talks about this in the Gospels. It talks about, you know, Jesus broke the bread and his disciples around him. And he would pass that bread around and they would take a portion of that. And he'd pass the, the wine and he said, this is my bread, this is my body that's been broken for you. Now, I don't know about you, in those moments of time and, and having Jesus teaching us, there, there was something captivating about the lesson here that Jesus is teaching. You see, it was the, the love feast. It was the, the Lord's Supper, we call it. It was the Last Supper, some people call it. It's the time that they broke bread. It's a very intimate time. See, fellowship is very intimate. It's a reflection of prayer. It's the Word of God. It's communion and it's fellowship. And so what he did, he broke it. And he drank the wine. He says, this is my new covenant. This is the blood shed for you. A new covenant. And so it's a moment that all of us need to get to. 
All of us need to have that moment with Jesus. All of us need to take communion in a time that we feel that Jesus is beside us. And he has taken a moment to teach us individually what that means. Do we have the brokenness of his body realized in our hearts to the point where it was broken and whipped and destroyed and then hung on a cross for you and me and the blood shed of him. No one here can ever go to the Father without the blood shed of Jesus over us. Do you know that if we're not covered by it, we are filthy. We can't even come in the presence of God. He doesn't even want to see us. You, it says that anything we've ever done that could be of any worth, maybe well, there's things in your life, you maybe saved a person's life. And Jesus said, with all that is filthy rags to me. But because Jesus shed his blood, you see, it then covers us, and then we come into him because we're covered by his son's blood. I mean, do we really understand that? Do we understand that, that he had to shed it? And the whips on his back was to shed it, was to pour it out. And so I got messed up last night about communion. The Lord, you know when he first said to me, we're going to have communion tomorrow, I just started, well, we're going to have some cups, we're going to pour some juice in, we're going to have some bread here, and I'm going to put some special bread for you. Now, I've messed with you a few times, so I've brought in different kinds of bread because we've got to get past, past the normality of it. If we ever take communion unworthy, without honoring Christ, we're in trouble. All of us are. The Bible says if you do that without really reflecting on your own lives and you just become a habit of taking it, he says that's why many of you are sick and many of you have died. It's a serious business here. So I thank the Lord. You know what's so amazing about it? It's not going to be the same today. It's not going to be the same for you or me. It's going to be different. Because the God has already set the stage for it. All of you who have shared today, you know absolutely fellowship is the mo- it's one of the most important things in your life. You know the evil wants to do this. He wants to separate you from the body of Christ. So you don't have that encouragement. You know, we had, I'm so blessed, we have people come up here and share from their hearts. God gave them all a word for us all. And we were encouraged by it. Who was encouraged by those who spoke here today? Words of life. I mean, I, all different aspects of what God was saying today in this place, in this time. You have truth on your lips that you share to one another. Do you know that fellowship, we share with one another God's word in special ways because of experience in our lives. God's truth in your experience makes testimony that people need to hear. Your father gave you something very special. And all of us, because she was honored in that word, we all become honored in that. We all grow in that. We have to be with each other. And communion is doing something sacred together. So prepare your hearts. It's a preparation. And when I say today, we're going to talk about fellowship. I've just destroyed this bun, so if anybody wants, you're not going to get much left. Ah. That's so good. So I messed up today. I'm, my heart is aching. 
because I don't know in the times I've served communion to all of you that I have understand it to this level. You want to go on a journey with me today? Is your heart open to learn something so crucial in your life that you can walk out of here today and live a life with Christ so intensely? You know, all of us have tried too hard. All of us has made it too complicated. All of us have tried to do it on our own. And God is going to teach you something today. Fellowship, the teaching of his word, the breaking of bread, which is communion, and prayer. Are you guys ready to go on a journey today? We proclaim to you we, what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may fellowship, have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And we, what it says, we are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. You know what you did today, ladies and gentlemen, when you shared? You shared what God has given you the joy of his word. Do you know that when you shared that, the joy that you gave was transferred to those who listened? Do you know that there was a way that God did something in you with joy? Who loves the word of God and who knows what it does to you? When it comes into you and you start to declare it, there's a joy that's connected. The Bible says when you give encouraging words to someone, the grace of God will partner with that. And all those who hear will be full of grace when it comes in that form. See, God's word through you brings joy to those around you. See, that's the kind of fellowship we're talking about. We're talking about when you gather with those things of like-mindedness and one accord, God's word will emanate through you, around you, and you become joyful through those who share. And you yourself become an avenue of joy. That's what the word says, and that's what fellowship is. And this is what, this is what these disciples were trying to tell. It's like in 1 John 1, it's saying, we proclaim, the disciples proclaim to you, what we ourselves have actually seen and heard. They saw Jesus. They spent three years with him. They knew the intensity of who it was. They loved this Savior. They loved this Messiah. They didn't understand the kingdom that would come, but they understood the man that they saw and loved. See, they had fellowship that was real and solid, and they loved it. And they said, our fellowship is with the Father. He compares the fellowship. Listen, it's the same word. The fellowship you have with the Father and the Jesus we know and the Holy Spirit that we know is the same fellowship you can have in that intensity with one another. And that's what I learned. That's what I want in church. I, I just don't want to play this church. I want the fellowship that I have with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit with you. I need that. And you need it. And see, that's what church is. It is not an option of the week. It's not the one to check off and said, I feel better about it. It is absolutely mandatory for your life because fellowship can be just as intense with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as your brother and sister. See, that's what real fellowship is. And we all need it. And in that kind of fellowship with one another, there is a joy that's transferred we need it. You know why? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Who's tired today? 
Who feels it's been a difficult week? Who says, man, I just feel like I'm getting beat up? You see, this is what we're talking about. You can get joy from any person that shares God's testimony and his word through them. There's a joy that's connected. There's a grace that's connected. And as it goes to the other people, it gives us power and strength together. We are more than conquerors for those who love God. You see, we, we are with him, and we have his joy, and we have his strength. Why? Because you and I get together, and we get it from one another. It is mandatory, and it can't be achieved in one hour, one half hour. It's one and a half hours on Sunday. You see, Jesus is so intense, and in Acts, it talks about this. It talks about this huge thing happening. God sends his disciples out, and they become apostles when he leaves, and they go out and start a church. The church is added to daily. You know, a lot of churches we just promote, and we try to, you know, what do we do differently so we can promote people to come to church? And, you know, and all this stuff, what I'm not saying is bad, but Jesus promises in Acts that he will add to his church daily when they get a hold of what can happen when they get together and they love one another. You see, that's the kind of stuff we all need, and that's fellowship. And you can't contain it in an hour and a half and think you're going to make it through the week. Now, we feel at Rush Church here, we started some small groups, and there's six or seven of them going on, and that is, that's awesome. And if the small group is doing the right thing, there's joy that's being released, and there's strength being released, I'm telling you. And we do this thing together, and that cord of three becomes the strongest cord, unbroken, because we are doing it together. And so I, I encourage you, th- think about this. There is nothing more important in your life as a Christian than fellowship. Nothing. Because in that time of fellowship, you're getting what? Prayer. You're getting the word of God taught and shared with one another. And you're getting communion, breaking the bread, remembering what Jesus did for me. I'm not worthy of that. Is anybody here worthy of his broken body and his shed blood? None of us even deserve because we're sinners and we just mess up. We try our best. Boy, I'm sure glad I'm covered. I'm sure glad it's just by faith that I receive. I'm sure glad I don't have to be perfect and graduate some degree that I become something that I can, I can earn such a wonderful gift. But you and I get it. And once we get it, we get to share it. And we get to have fellowship with one another. You guys understand what I'm saying here. It is absolutely crucial that we spend time together. You know, Saudi, you came up and shared what God did. You know what he experienced? You know why this is his family now? Because fellowship happened. It was a time he opened his heart. I remember when I first met him. I remember four and a half, five, five, probably five and a half years now. I met him in his garage. He just moved in next door. I shook his hand. Who would have known that this man would come to Russ Church for four and a half years? Build friendships with all of you. Because I believe in this church, you can belong before you believe. You know why? Because fellowship happens in it. And people feel something. It's like something's happening here that I need personally. And he hung with us. And I remember the day that Jesus made himself real. I don't know if I was the first one to find out. And he didn't know after he told me (laughs) and left my house I fell on my knees, and I was filled with joy because there's a guy that I've been praying for that he would have that moment with Jesus. And all those moments together that we tried to explain things, 
It took a day that he surrendered, fully surrendered his life. That now he testifies how good Jesus is. One person's honored, the body of Christ, all are honored. One man hurts or one woman hurts in the body of Christ, we all hurt. Why? Is that some mysterious thing that goes on? Oh, I hurt now because they're hurting. No, it's fellowship. It's really knowing one another. You know, you ever prayed for somebody that you really didn't know all that well? And you pray. You, you honestly pray and you believe and you, you know Jesus is your Lord and you pray. But if you've got someone you love, you know what I'm saying? That you really love. I mean, I know you love your family. But like Saudi says, this has become his family. This has become my family. I don't distance myself from you guys. I expose myself to you. What you see, it's what you get. Do I mess up? Yeah, you all know I do that too. But you get everything I've got. Why? Because I want fellowship in my life. I want to expose myself so I can have joy from you. And so that's what I want to get to, guys. That's what, the jo- that's what Jesus shared with me. And what's so cool about it is it already was happening today. I just sat back and went, I don't even have to say a word. Because fellowship is happening right here. Saudi shared with all of you what fellowship is. Church should be like that all the time. I get to be a part of it with you and me. So there's exposure. Why don't we do this? Why don't you guys come up, serve yourself. There's some, I think it's good old-fashioned grape juice. Welch's. How many people like Welch's? I don't believe in fancy things. I don't believe in fancy cups. I don't believe in fancy bread. I believe in an awesome Jesus. So you never know what you're going to get here. You might get some leftover bread. Does it matter? I guarantee this. You take that bread today as you take it, you go back to your seat and you reflect on what Jesus really did for you, how he broke his body for you, and how he shed his blood for you. I guarantee it will be the best communion you've ever had. Everyone's a new experience. Do you need him today? Do you need Jesus today? Do you need to go closer than you've ever been before? Have you ever been so close to him like those 12 in that room? What's the craziest story? I've got something to share with you right after communion that would just blow you away about fellowship. So let's do this. I know we got one table right here and I'm going to uncover the magic bread for today. Has anybody ever been to Sabadours? Help yourself. One piece only. Afterwards, you may have more. Just kidding. I don't want to take sacred things and just make them common. But God never called common things to be sacred. Sacred is this, the heart. We don't require anything from any of you. We don't require suits and ties. Because you know what all that's required is the heart. If you walk in this place with a heart that says, Jesus, I'm seeking after you. I want to be part of something that's got good fellowship. You're in the right place. We just be real. 
So come on up. Help yourself. Piece of bread. Get yourself a glass. Get you back to your seat. We'll do it together corporately real quick. And then I've got something to really share what brings it all together, what Jesus did. Okay, so help yourself. Father, we do thank you for your son. I'll never get it. I'll never understand it, Lord, that you can take a time to explain to us in your word that it pleased you to see your son on that cross. And Because I have children, I, I will never probably ever understand that. But you knew, Lord, you knew, Father, that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ would rise again. That death would not contain him. The grave would not contain him. That once he died on that cross, he would be raised again three days. You knew that, Father, but you knew also what he would accomplish, what he would accomplish by dying on the cross. We would have everlasting life. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for what you did. gospel writers say this, that Jesus did, in fact, have a last supper. He did, in fact, take bread. And when the disciples were gathered around, you know, those tables of gathering were very intimate, close to the ground. It even says that John would find himself, his head in, in Jesus' chest. <laughs> That's the kind of intimacy we're talking about. Is that the kind of table setting we have and uh, so in those moments that Jesus had had them close he would try to explain to them what was really about to happen they themselves didn't quite understand the severity of what Jesus was really saying though when he broke bread they have seen him do it before and he saw, he saw Jesus when he had bread broken he saw 
thousands of people fed. They saw the, the symbolism of bread that Jesus would often mention, the life of bread. I am the bread of life. They knew that there was something special when Jesus broke bread. Do you remember those two men on, along the road and Jesus was there after he rose again and they did not recognize him and they said as they were walking, they recognized Jesus when? They recognized it was a savior when he broke bread. Something powerful about what Jesus did. And if you were very close to him and you walked with him three years, I believe in those t- at that table setting when Jesus was breaking bread, it was like, it would be that all moment. So Jesus did break bread and he explained to them, this is the symbol of my body. This is what I'll be doing for you moments from now. They didn't know they'd be running for their lives. They didn't know they were going to desert him. Peter didn't really get it that he was going to deny Jesus three times. Jesus broke it, explained to them, this is my body. I'm going to break it for you. And they took, take your bread, break it as a broken symbol. And then partake of it. Then, as they ate that, they they couldn't quite process it. But they, the man they honored, the man that they said had the words of life, they, you know, all his disciples that followed him and, and saw the miracles and they were impressed by what Jesus would do. Jesus said something one time. He says, You must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And they thought, what? We don't understand this. We're not cannibals. They said everyone left at that moment when Jesus got into the heavy stuff. Do you guys understand that even in your own lives? When you get heavy in Jesus, that people go, I'm not ready for that. I can't hear those kinds of words. That's too much for me. And to leave a moment when you are breaking the bread of life to someone, they can't handle the words but his disciples are still there and he looked at him he said why are you still here (laughs) and this is what they said Jesus you have the words of life you have the words of life isn't God good isn't Jesus good so then he took the glass the cup of wine the same glass that he would later say, God, if there's any other way, Lord, Heavenly Father, if there's any other way that this cup can be passed from me, let it be. And then he would then say, no, your will, not mine. Your will, Father, if this is the cup I must drink from. You see, that's the same cup he's taking at that moment in time because later it would be the very cup he would take on as sacrifice. You see? It's the same cup, that moment. Do you see the infancy of this, the intimacy of this? When Jesus then takes a cup, knowing what that would be symbolizing, what it would take, what he'd have to do, that he already asked his father. Later, he'd be asking his father in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, if there, God, Father, if there's any other way that I can take not the cup and pass it on, any other way, no, not my will, but yours, Jesus. Not my way, Father, yours. 
Whatever you want me to do, Father, I'll do. He shares that cup with his disciples. This is my shed blood. It will be poured out for all of you. Take the cup today. Know that he poured his shed blood up on you. Are you covered by him today? Are you covered by him? Wasn't that an incredible time? Isn't it an incredible time when we think about it? The Bible says to do this often. Do this in remembrance of me. So when we do it here at Rush Church, we want to make sure that we really understand. Reflect on yourself. The Bible says to reflect, to focus on you and then what Jesus did. <laughs> you know, how many people have some difficult days? Raise your hands. You know, you're in church, you can't lie, so you got to raise your hands. Well, you're telling me to raise your hand, I don't want to. Okay, I understand. We have difficult days, don't we? They come, and they come in big storms. Sometimes that storm is a, a perfect storm. You're like, oh. And then those moments, Jesus is not far. He is so close to you. And he doesn't, he doesn't want you to be discouraged. He doesn't want you to be in fear. He doesn't want you to be, to be consumed by it. Often we try to do it on our own, don't we? We process the day. God, I don't understand. Before we know it, I guarantee if you follow the feet of Jesus, he's close. He puts everything in perspective so quickly. You know how he does that? Just reflect on what he's done for you. It instantly puts it back in perspective. Thanksgiving can come to your heart when you know what he has done for you. Oh, thank you for perspective, Lord. It just puts things right in the right order. You are all in all. You're everything I need. If I come to you, any weary and burden, I will give you rest, he says. It's all there. He's everything. All we got to do is come to him. Put it at his feet. His burden's light. His yoke is easy. This is what Jesus did next. It's incredible. It says in his word that he took the next moment after all of this and even in the midst of a deceiver and a traitor in his midst, Judas was still there. He saw the breaking of the bread and the serving of the wine. He was there. He partaked of that. And he also received his feet washing. And so Jesus does something more. I don't know about you. This is one of the greatest things demonstrated. Jesus said he took off his outer garment. He took it off, set it off to the side, and he took a towel. And he did that towel. He girded it around his waist. Now, I don't know what that looked like. And you've got to understand something. Feet washing was part of the culture. That means this was a very important thing to do. And when people came to a house, there would be a basin of water and there would be a towel. They would wash their own feet on those other, the, you know, the common people, the common people. It would be a thing to do. You still clench your feet as you walked in. It was honorable to the home. But you see, those who had more money, those who were richer, they would have slaves do it. And that common slave would be the, it would be the lowest platform for a slave. It would be those things that they would do to wash the feet of those who came. You see, it was the lowest of those people, of slaves. Can you imagine how freaky it would be for those who were infinite with Jesus? They took the bread and they broke it and he said, wow, this Jesus, and then he took this towel and he girded it. I'm sure at that moment they're thinking, what's he going to do now? 
He says he took a basin of water. And I'm sure they're all going, what? You're, you're master. You're, you're the teacher. What, what are you doing? Can you imagine being the first in line as he would have went to you and got down on his knees to your feet and then begin to wash them with a basin of water right in front of them. And of course, it always takes one in the crowd. Peter, it got to him. And he says, you're going to wash my feet? And he had, he had trouble. Lord, you're, you're the teacher. And I'm the student. You're not washing my feet. And Jesus says, if you do not allow me to wash your feet, then you can't be a part of me. See, this, this is an intimate time. This is a very intimate time, you see. And, and he says, you can't, be, you can't be part of me. You can't abide with me. You see, this is what I must do. And he says, well, well then, Lord, then wash, wash my hands and my head. Just make sure I'm clean. You see, do you understand the infancy of this, the intimacy of this? Do you understand how important this moment is? The master, the guy that did all the miracles, the one they know is the Messiah, God with us is going to wash my feet. You see, then, then Jesus, after he does wash Peter's feet and he continues to wash everybody's feet, and then he puts on his outer garments and he sits back down again and reclines at the table. <laughs> and I'm sure they're all stunned. Feet washing. And I've known some churches that have done these ceremonies before. You might have even been to some at churches that have done it. And, and it's very, it's, it's uncomfortable yet exposing. See, it's not our culture here to do that. So it, it, to us to do this even today would be uncomfortable because I, I, I'll, I'll admit, uh, don't touch my feet. I, I don't like it. Ticklish, freaky ticklish. Okay. I told my wife when we got married. I said, "Honey, don't touch the feet." Is anybody with me? Am I the only weird one in here? I mean, you can't touch them. I mean, I could kick. It's like a man, a marine. They teach him how to fight, and he goes in marine mode sometimes when someone triggers him. I got a trigger. It's called feet. I'll kick. I don't know what's going to happen. So, it would not be very pleasant for me at all if someone were to wash my feet. I'd be like freaking out. But anyway, it's not a culture that we have here. We don't walk in someone's home. We may just take off our shoes, but we don't wash our feet at the door. So, we don't have slaves to do those things. But what, what he says, do this. I've got to get to the scripture. Let me, let me pull it up very quickly here. Because I cannot continue without, without that. It says in John, it says, So when he had washed their feet, he'd taken his garments and reclined at the table again. He said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher, Lord, and you are right. For I, what? And so I am. I am these things. 
If I then, the Lord and teacher, wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. And so what he's trying to teach us, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than a master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. So he doesn't say we have to wash feet. He doesn't say this is the formula. This is what you do to honor one another. What he's saying, as we have honored each other, this is honorable to do. But for you generations later, understand this. In your culture, you must show humility. If you show humility in the very act that you do, it is one thing you will definitely be blessed with and blessed for. And so what do you think you should do today? What is an act of humility that God has called you and I to? Because he does not separate communion from the humility act. You need they're together. And if you think you can take communion today and be covered, you're wrong. Because Jesus said, make sure I have done something, I have shown you something that will change your life forever. If you reflect on yourself and see what I've done for you, it'll always put things in right perspective. What? Right perspective brings right action. So when you act in humility as washing each other's feet, then you have become a disciple of mine. Then you have been done in fellowship with one another. You see, the act of humility can either be rejected in pride or accepted. You see, one of the things that Peter dealt with is this. Lord, I can't accept your act of humility. Lord, though you're a master and I'm just a student, I am not gonna want, I'm not going to let you wash my feet. What do you think Peter's problem was? It's pride. It's pride that would not accept his act of humility. So great fellowship is this that we humble ourselves, we serve each other, and we accept and receive the humility of others. Do you understand? And that'll be the hardest thing you ever do in your life, to humble yourself in front of someone else and to do something straight from the heart. An act of humility. Fellowship is not fellowship without it. So Jesus, the very last thing he does with his disciples, the very last act he does, he doesn't do a miracle. He does an act of humility. I don't want to leave this earth thinking that only thing I was doing was conquering. You see, you still don't understand. I have become a slave, a servant for you. This is what I came for because the kingdom of God isn't what you think it is. You see, you still want me to come and conquer so the Romans will be split up and that you can now have your kingdom back and you want me to be the king. That's not it. See, the last thing I want you to know is this. Though the miracles have proved me, I am the Messiah, he says. I have done all these things and you know that I am the Messiah and I have the words of life. But I'm not, the last thing I do here before I go is this. I'm going to do an act of humility. And I'm asking you to do the same for one another. That rocked me to my core. So if we take communion today and think we've done it, we're mistaken. 
because your communion today that you did and you reflected on yourself and of what God has done, you must act on his next duty. You must take your communion and what you've done today and do an act of humility today or Jesus just told you something to do and you weren't blessed because you said no to it. Be blessed today. For Jesus gave us the example. He says, do this. Let's pray. Father, this was a very heavy subject for me last night, and I can hardly contain it even today. The emotions are up in me, and it's in my heart. Father, I know there's been many times that I've taken communion, and I know that you did these two things together, that you took communion and you did this act of humility and then you left to go to the cross to be captured to be betrayed by Judas and to be captured and then hung on a cross beaten that we would have healing father all these things you did but the last thing you did for the disciples was show them an act of humility Lord let us not be prideful Lord God may we not be prideful to say no to someone else's humility of act to me or for me to not humble myself for someone else. Both of those are pride. I want to be, I don't want pride in my life. I don't want that, Lord, even in this church, Lord, let it all just fall away. Let us be fully surrendered to you. And a fully surrendered disciple of you will be one that will be able to do acts of humility and receive those from others. God, may we have fellowship in this place today. We love you. And we so need you. Move in this place as we close today, Father. In Jesus' name.